Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) How wonderful it is we get to join together. (laughs) My name is Jennifer Hadley, and we are talking about A Course in Miracles. This week we're talking about the decision to forget. And I think we can also talk about it as the decision to remember. So let's dive in and begin with a prayer and a blessing. I am grateful. Grateful to take this breath of love and gratitude and to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We are allowing ourselves to remember and recognize the truth that sets us free. The truth is our liberator and the truth is what we are interested in. We are grateful to forget the false and all the beliefs that distract us from the truth. We are grateful that our anchoring into the truth is a blessing to everyone everywhere because we are one with them. So grateful to stand in the unity of all life and know that we are blessed and we are a blessing. We are grateful to open our minds to that which is fruitful, which is the Christ within In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah, baby. (laughs) So this week, I've been led to chapter 10, section 2. Chapter 10 is entitled, The Idols of Sickness. And section 2 is entitled, The Decision to Forget. And it's just about a page and a half, not quite. So let's dive in here. And uh, one of the things that Jesus talks about in this section is dissociation. And uh, it's a word that is is frequently used, but you may not frequently use it. It's not a word I frequently use. And what it means is to separate. To dissociate is to separate. And it could be to separate two things, two objects, but it also can be to deny the union of something like the union of all life. So this is a key thing that Jesus is talking about in this section. And he begins with, unless you first know something, you cannot dissociate it. So unless you first know the unity of all life, you can't dissociate it. You can't separate yourself from it mentally. He says, knowledge must precede dissociation. So that dissociation is nothing more than a decision to forget. Now, 
Of course, dissociation is a word that is frequently used, I suspect, in psychology and things like that. And of course, Bill Thetford and Helen Schuchman were psychologists. So it's a, it's a great word for him to teach them with. And it's, it's great for us too. So knowledge must precede dissociation. So what he's reminding us here is you once knew the truth and you've decided to separate yourself from the truth, to dissociate from it. And I believe I was talking recently about putting veils in the mind, which is probably why I was led to this section. So this is the thing that I have come to see that's very helpful to me, that we put veils in our mind or walls in our mind to dissociate to say that's not true for me, that's not my life, that's not my story, that's not what's happening with me. And so we have denial. And not a positive use of denial, but a negative use of denial. Denial of the truth is a negative use of denial. To me, the positive use of denial is when we deny the false and don't allow ourselves to believe that what is false is true or real. All right, I digress. What has been forgotten then appears to be fearful. So dissociation is nothing more than a decision to forget. What has been forgotten then appears to be fearful, but only because the dissociation is an attack on truth. Remember, this is in chapter 10, the idols of sickness, and one of the core teachings Jesus has for us on sickness is sickness is a defense against the truth. And every time I say that, let me also say that people who have a journey with illness and sickness in this lifetime to me, they are so determined to see that they are working with illness as a helpful tool to help them realize the denial of truth. And so, to me, it, it, people who are experiencing illness in this lifetime are people who are determined to move through that which is false to get to that which is real. That's my take on it as a spiritual counselor. He says, you are fearful because you have forgotten and you have replaced your knowledge by an awareness of dreams because you are afraid of your dissociation, not of what you have dissociated. So let me read that again. You are fearful because you have forgotten. So when we forget the truth, then we are attracted to that which is false. Our judgments, our complaints, these kinds of things. 
our beliefs, our opinions. And when we're attracted to those things because we have hidden the truth in our mind, we are not interested in it temporarily, at least. And we're fearful because we don't remember the truth. We're fearful because we believe our opinions, our judgments, and our false beliefs. That's why we're fearful. He says, and you have replaced your knowledge, knowledge of truth, by an awareness of dreams. It's a little awkward there. You have replaced your knowledge by an awareness of dreams. I I don't know why the word by is being used there instead of you have replaced your knowledge with an awareness of dreams. But I'm sure there was a lot of talk about it. You have replaced your knowledge by an awareness of dreams because you're afraid of your dissociation, not of what you dissociated. So not afraid of the truth, afraid of the dissociation, afraid of the separation. When what you have dissociated is accepted, it ceases to be fearful. So when we accept the truth, when we accept God is omnipresent, omniactive, God is our life, we cease to be fearful. So that's why I I feel it's been so helpful for me to focus on being willing to know the truth, being willing to remember the truth, being willing to acknowledge the truth, being willing again and again and again, and indeed reaching up, in a sense, to spirit and saying, show me the truth, teach me the truth, help me remember the truth. He says here, yet to give up the dissociation of reality brings more than merely lack of fear. In this decision to dissociate dissociate from reality, in this decision lie joy and peace and the glory of creation. So to give up the dissociation brings joy, peace, and the glory of creation. Offer the Holy Spirit only your willingness to remember, for he retains the knowledge of God and of yourself for you, waiting for your acceptance. And this is another thing I love, that the the Holy Spirit is just waiting on us. No judgment, no punishment, just waiting Waiting, waiting, waiting. This reminds me of a beautiful story in one of Doreen Virtue's early books. And I don't remember which one, but I read a lot of her early books about the angels when I started to have experiences with angels. So um, in one book, she was sharing how, as a psychiatrist, because she's a psychiatrist, and she was working with clients who she felt were not hearing her advice 
to them, that they were not hearing the truth. They were not listening clearly. And what I can honestly say, too, is that it's the experience of those who have ears to hear and eyes to see will be able to perceive what the truth is or even what you're saying or what's going on. And those who don't have ears to hear and eyes to see will not perceive it. So there are times, I'm sure you've experienced this too, that you're explaining something to somebody who has no personal experience with it, whatever it is you're discussing, and they can't really understand what you're talking about because they don't have a history of working with it. They're unfamiliar. And so I've had many a conversation uh, as a spiritual counselor with someone who can understand what I'm saying but does not have the ears to hear, let's say, or the eyes to see, um, really the depth of what I'm sharing. They're getting the surface, but not the depth. And there have been many times when I am that person, where I am listening and I'm getting the surface, but not the depth. So it's a common thing for people. And so in this experience that Doreen Virtue had, she was asking the angels, you know, what can I do about this? My client is not really hearing the depth of what I'm saying. And the angels said to her that the wisdom she shares with her clients, that they are unable to receive and accept at the time that she offers it, that wisdom, that knowledge, that insight, it hangs like ornaments on a Christmas tree in their aura. And when they are ready to receive it and accept it, then they will. So there's no waste in her sharing the wisdom and the knowledge that she has. It will, it may not be received now, but ultimately that person's willingness will come and it will be received then. And for me, it is that teaching from the angels that Doreen Virtue got is a way of also sharing this teaching that uh, I, I feel like I have gotten many, many times and the way I describe it is there's no waste in God. Of course, miracles, Jesus says, everything works together for good and there are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. And for me, it's there's no waste in God. Everything will be used for God's holy purpose. And so I find that very comforting. That if somebody imparts wisdom to me that I can't fully receive in the moment, there'll come a time and it will be available to me. It's not going anywhere. What's mine is mine and ever shall it be so. And the same with anything that I've shared with others. And... 
it's it's been interesting to me how many times people have said to me, gosh, Jennifer, I've heard that a thousand times, but now I'm understanding it for the first time. And that's how we all work. We really do. And this is how the Holy Spirit works. So he says, Jesus says, offer the Holy Spirit only your willingness to remember. For the Holy Spirit retains the knowledge of God and of yourself for you, waiting for your acceptance. Give up gladly everything that would stand in the way of your remembering. For God is in your memory. God's voice will tell you that you are part of God when you are willing to remember God and know your own reality again. Let nothing in this world delay your remembering of God, for in this remembering is the knowledge of yourself. So when we are choosing to truly know the truth, we are choosing to wake up, we are choosing our happiness and our holiness. Now, one thing I'll mention is that from time to time when I'm reading things, I will substitute certain words. And in this last paragraph, there were a lot of male pronouns. So I substitute the he's for God. I substitute the his for God's. um, And I substitute the him for God. So... That's what I do, not all the time, but a lot of the time when I'm reading it. Because I I used to get triggered by the he, the him, the father, those all that male uh, patriarchal language. And I know that other people do too. And but I don't substitute the word God for spirit, uh, or spirit for God because I think everybody knows that Jesus didn't use the word spirit. He used the word God and Father. So just an FYI there. Trying, not trying, but intending not to trigger anyone who who gets annoyed or frustrated by the, the male language here. To me, I made the decision when I first picked up A Course in Miracles that uh, whatever the reason was that Jesus wrote it in this way, I wasn't going to let it get in the way of me enjoying it and practicing it. Paragraph three, to remember is merely to restore to your mind what is already there. You do not need to make excuse me, you do not make what you remember. You merely accept again what is already there, but what was rejected. The ability to accept truth in this world is the perceptual counterpart of creating in the kingdom. The ability to accept truth in this world is the perceptual counterpart of creating in the kingdom. Hmm. 
let's decide that we are interested in exchanging our perceptions, trading our perceptions for knowledge. Not that we have to do a trade, you know, this belief for that truth, but it's really deciding that we're interested in the truth and we're not interested in our perceptions and our projections in our beliefs. Let us become aware that our beliefs are not true. I know I say this a lot, but it's been so helpful to me. It's been so helpful to me. Uh, Jesus says here, Offer the Holy Spirit only your willingness to remember, for he retains the knowledge of God and of yourself for you, waiting for your acceptance. Give up gladly everything that would stand in the way of your remembering, for God is in your memory. God's voice will tell you that you are part of God, when you are willing to remember God and know your own reality again. Let nothing in this world delay your remembering of God, for in this remembering is the knowledge of yourself. Now, we might think, oh, the knowledge of myself, what, what's so special about that? What's so special about that knowledge of ourself is... When we know that we are part of God, that we are the beloved of the beloved, and that we have been endowed with the Christ, if we know that, if we truly know it, and it's not just words that we've heard or read that we believe, such a difference between a belief and a knowing. Just think of something in your life that you know, that you know, that you know, that's important to you. And then think of something you believe. Such a difference. So we're interested in that, knowing that we know that we know that we are the Christ. That we are already perfect. That there's nothing for us to get and no place for us to go because our perfection, our wholeness, our beauty, our magnificence is intact. And we can reveal that hidden splendor. Paragraph three here. To remember is merely to restore to your mind what is already there. You do not make what you remember. You merely accept again what is already there but was rejected. So that's it. We've rejected our Holy Christ self. Now we are willing to remember and to accept. And that's all that we need in order to get there because our, our willingness is all that's required. So if we can recognize that we made a decision to forget the truth and now we're making a decision to remember it. So valuable. And this work of remembering is absolutely, hmm, what's the word? It's so beautifully accomplished when we're focusing on 
relinquishing our judgments and our opinions in order to remember the truth. Remember, Jesus makes it so clear to us that we don't have to seek for love. We're seeking in our awareness the blocks to love and offering them up to be removed. So we don't have to figure out how to stop forgetting. We just have to be willing to remember. And that is what my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp is all about. My uh, program is getting ready to start. We start June 20th. And registration is open. I invite you to come and join us. We are going to have such a good time for the next couple of months doing this work of liberation. And what we prove every time we do the boot camp is how much easier it is to do this work together. The resistance and the reluctance can finally dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause So we never experience it again and we can get into that place of valuing the truth and doing it together and remembering to laugh and making new spiritual friends. I think that's one of the great benefits is to make new spiritual friends who are genuinely loving and deeply practicing non-judgment. Oh my goodness, it is almost time for me to take a break here. I'd like you to know that all the details for all my programs and all the offerings are at jenniferhadley.com. And if you go to jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com, you will find many, many resources there, free classes. You can sign up for the A Course of Miracles text messages. You can get the details about Sundays with Spirit and come join me on a Sunday on Zoom. We're having a lot of fun. Come join us. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Here we go. What a blessing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, I am grateful. I am. I am grateful that we can remember that we made a decision to forget And we can make a decision to remember. And we don't have to figure out any of the rest of it. We can allow the Holy Spirit to do what I call the heavy lifting. The figuring it out. the All the work of it we can give to our wonderful teacher. We're so blessed. I mean, come on. Can we just acknowledge what an incredible blessing that is? That if we wish to, if we wish to stop resisting, if we wish to give up our reluctance, if we wish to just hand over whatever it is that we don't like and allow the highest and best to be unfolded and revealed for us, things can really shift. Oh, it's wonderful. We are remembering that we are God's own. We are remembering that our life is the life of God. 
So we're looking at chapter 10, section 2, the decision to forget. We're at paragraph 3 here. To remember is merely to restore to your mind what is already there. So grateful. It's already there, and we're going to decide to remember it and allow the Holy Spirit to restore to our mind what is already there. Jesus says, you do not make what you remember. You merely accept again what is already there, but was rejected. And we don't have to go back and look at, why did I reject this? What was I thinking? No, we don't need to do that. The ability to accept truth in this world is the perceptual counterpart of creating in the kingdom. God will do its part if you will do yours. And God's return in exchange for yours is the exchange of knowledge for perception. So our perception, not so helpful. Knowledge, very helpful. Nothing is beyond God's will for you, but signify your will to remember God and behold. Now that but is all we have to do is signify our will to remember God and behold, it is done. God will give you everything but for the asking. The Holy Spirit will give us everything but for the asking. Remember how Jesus tells us, ask and it is given because it already has been given. So seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. Why? Because it's already been given to us. When we start seeking the kingdom, then that's when we discover, oh my gosh, I already have it. That is the story of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. She finally discovers, after a lengthy, scary, treacherous journey, that she always had the power to go home. She could have gone home at any time. This is what the prodigal son discovers, too, that he could have gone home at any time. So Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, I've called her the prodigal daughter. And it's a a different version of the prodigal son's story. They return home and all is well. Even though he thought he would never be accepted again by his family and his loved ones, he was. He totally was. And so the same is true. For Dorothy, she left home, of course it's fiction, and the prodigal son was a parable by Jesus, also fiction. Uh, Frank Baum wrote uh, The Wizard of Oz and all those other stories about Oz, etc. And in the story of Dorothy, she finds herself in another world because she rejected her family. She felt rejected by them. She got upset, and she decided to run away and take Toto with her. That's what happens, right? She's 
running around in the neighborhood. Here comes the tornado. She gets bonked on the head, and she actually gets knocked out, and she has a dream that she is in another world. So that's what's happening with us. We're having a dream that we're in another world. And if we seek the kingdom first, which is within, if we seek God within us, then everything we've forgotten will be given back to us. Because it's never been taken from us, we decided to forget. So we are the ones who decide to remember. So simple. So simple. Let us not delay and tarry along the way. <laughs> Let's decide today that today's the day we are choosing to have our memory of our holiness and our Christed nature and the perfection and the beauty and the magnificence that is our true identity restored to us without delay. Today, this moment is the moment now. God will give you everything but for the asking. But remember, it's everything that's valuable. And still, if we wish to have experiences of pain and suffering, we can have those too. Because it's an illusion. We can have whatever we're willing to accept. Now, Jesus says here in paragraph 4, when you attack, you are denying yourself. You are specifically teaching yourself that you are not what you are. So when we deny, we are teaching ourselves that we are not what we are. So we need to stop the attack thoughts in order to remember what we are, part of God. Your denial of reality precludes the acceptance of God's gift because you have accepted something else in its place. So we've accepted the idea that we're unworthy, that we're not good enough, that something's wrong with us, that we are bad. This is not the truth. This is not the truth. And we're no longer interested in experiencing not the truth. <laughs> we're interested in experiencing the truth, the truth of our being, the truth of our life is that we are Christed in nature, perfect love. Your denial of reality precludes the acceptance of God's gift because you have accepted something else in its place. So let me accept the gifts of God today. The gifts of God are mine today. I love to say that. If you understand that this is always an attack on truth. When we value something above the truth, it's an attack on truth. If you understand that this is always an attack on truth, and truth is God, you will realize why it is always fearful. If you further recognize that you are part of God, you will understand why it is that you always attack yourself first. So when we project an attack onto somebody else, we're still attacking ourselves because we're one with them. 
And so anytime we attack anyone else in the slightest judgment, opinion, criticism, complaint, we are attacking ourselves. We're contributing to our misery and to our poverty and to the sickness and all the other things that we're experiencing. We cannot find the the beauty, the joy, the magnificence of ourselves and of life as long as we're choosing to attack our brothers and sisters. And here's where he says, all attack is self-attack. All attack is self-attack. So this is chapter 10, section 2, 5, paragraph. All attack is self-attack. It cannot be anything else. Arising from your own decision not to be what you are is an attack on your identification. Attack is thus the way in which your identification is lost. Because when you attack, you must have forgotten what you are. And if your reality is God's, When you attack, you are not remembering God. This is not because God is gone, but because you are actively choosing not to remember him. One of the things that people discover early on in my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp is that the fear they're experiencing, the anxiety that they're experiencing, the depression, the despair, the sense of disconnect from God, the sense of not being able to feel love or not being able to feel connected to spirit, all of that and so much more is 100% the result of attack thoughts. 100% the result of attack thoughts. What most people discover when we're doing this work together is they are not aware of how constant the attack thoughts are. And that they are so powerful in the sense that the misery they're experiencing or just the disconnect they're experiencing is the result of their thinking. And most people, when we begin this work together, feel that it's not going to work for them. It works for other people, but it doesn't work for them. It's exactly how I felt. I talk about it with people all of the time. And my favorite thing in the whole world is when people start to say, it's working for me. Oh my God, these tools are working for me. Oh my God, these things you're sharing with us are working for me and my family. And I am getting results that are miraculous. And then what happens is people begin to gently beautifully discover the power of the mind and that they can go the other way, that they can experience profound healing, they can live a miraculous life, 
They are proving God works for them. They turn a corner and they no longer give themselves permission to languish in despair and depression and all the other downers. They often get so energized and excited about what's possible for them. Because for years and years and years, many people, most people, for decades thought it wasn't possible for them. And now they see, oh my goodness, it is possible for me. It can work for me. And that's a beautiful and blessed thing. So Jesus is telling us here a version of that. When you attack, you are denying yourself. You are specifically teaching yourself that you are not already what you are, which is part of God. Your denial of reality precludes the acceptance of God's gifts because you've accepted something else in its place. So the gifts of God are still waiting for us, just like Doreen Virtue's words of wisdom are still waiting for her clients who haven't accepted, accepted them. So it's nothing is lost in God. How can things be lost in God? Where are they going to go? <laughs> if God is all there is and God is one, where are the gifts of God that have been given to us going to go. They're still available for us. We can still access them. It's just our willingness that's required. All attack is self-attack. It cannot be anything else. Arising from your own decision not to be what you are is an attack on your identification. So what we can do is we can say to the Holy Spirit, I would like to remember my true identity. I am willing to remember my true identity. And when we're doing this work of remembering our true identity, most of us will get into a place of feeling, ooh, I don't know that I can truly accept my perfection, my beauty, my magnificence. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. That could be challenging. Why is it challenging to accept our Christed nature? Why is it challenging to accept our magnificence? Well, we have invested quite a lot and tried to convince everyone around us that we don't have what it takes, that we're not wonderful, that we're not fabulous, that we're not beautiful, that we're not smart, that we're not worthwhile. A lot of us have put a lot of energy into that. And in order to accept what's true, we have to give up our attachment to putting forth these stories that we've written about ourselves And when we've invested so much in those stories, it can be hard to let them go. For me, I have learned the value of just putting spirit in charge and saying, 
I'd like to let this go with ease and grace. I'd like to find the kingdom within my own heart and mind. I'd like to remember what's true and forget what is false. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Attack is thus the way in which your identification is lost because when you attack, you must have forgotten what you are. Would we attack if we knew we were part of God? Remember Jesus said when he walked the earth, what you do to the least of them, you do to me. It's the same thing that he's saying here. When you attack, you must have forgotten what you are. And if your reality is God's, when you attack, you are not remembering God. For sure. For sure, for sure. This is not because God is gone, but because you are actively choosing not to remember God. So that's the thing. We value our attack thoughts more than we value God. The attack thoughts and the the right to attack, to bear arms against our brothers and sisters, the right to attack is so valuable to us. It's more valuable than God. So that right to attack and all the attack thoughts are false idols. He says, If you realized the complete havoc this makes of your peace of mind, you could not make such an insane decision. You make it only because you still believe it can get you something you want. It follows then that you want something other than peace of mind. But you have not considered what it must be. Yet, the logical outcome of your decision is perfectly clear if you will only look at it. By deciding against your reality, you have made yourself vigilant against God and his kingdom, and it is this vigilance that makes you afraid to remember God. So we made a decision to forget, and let this be the day we make a decision to remember We have been vigilant against the kingdom. So, to me, it makes perfect sense to say to that higher Holy Spirit self, let me be vigilant only for the kingdom, not for anything else, not for my opinions, not for my victimhood, not, let me not be vigilant anymore for they've done me wrong, they hurt me, they shamed me, they blamed me. Let us not be vigilant for anything remotely like that. Let us be vigilant only for the love of God, the kingdom of God. And let us look where we can find it, which is within. Now, this takes courage. I was writing uh, about this recently, 
And I feel it's so important for us to understand. I never used to understand this, that courage is what is needed or required for this endeavor of waking up. Courage is required. People used to talk about this takes courage. And I I would think, I don't know what you're talking about. Courage. You know, if you're suffering and you'd like the suffering to stop, why does it take courage to stop the suffering? I, it just makes common sense. It just seems like a darn good idea to stop making yourself miserable. I don't understand how it takes courage, but I get it now. And I'm sure I've talked about this before. I get it now because I understand how when we perceive ourselves as unworthy, not good enough, bad and wrong, unlovable, when we are completely convinced of these things, then it does take courage to let them go, to allow them to be released, dissolved, and resolved. It absolutely does, and I get that now. I understand how when you have constructed a false idol of a sense of yourself, that the very concept of letting that go, letting that dissolve and resolve, can feel so deeply, profoundly insane to consider it at all. It takes courage because it will be so disorienting to consider letting go of your identity as a person. Now, my experience was uh, when I was contemplating this and experiencing this first time in a major way, I had that higher self saying to me, who will you be if you let go of your judgments and opinions? I started to wonder, will I recognize myself? Will I know who I am? And having a dialogue with that higher self and the higher self saying, yes, who will you be? And if you don't recognize yourself, will that be okay with you? Will you be willing to let go of this Frankenstein creature that you've made? Will you be willing to live in your true identity and let go of what you think is true? Are you willing to do that? And initially, I, when I first really deeply looked at this, I just had such a strong sense that there would be peace and there would be joy and there would be freedom and there would be everything that I was looking for. And I was willing to trust. And I absolutely now know that that courage to trust, that all the gifts of God that I were looking for would come to me if I was willing to let go of my attachment to that false identity. I see now that took courage. It didn't feel like it so much at the time. At the time, it just felt like 
This is the best decision I can possibly make. I've got to get out of this painful place. I cannot live here anymore. I don't like it. It is not for me. I am done. I am truly, truly done mucking about with all of this. So that's how it went for me. But remember that before I had that experience, I was every day, multiple times a day, going to that higher Holy Spirit self for assistance, for help, for willingness, for courage, for strength, for the ability to stop the attack thoughts. And I was highly, highly focused on letting the attack thoughts go. Most of us have invested so much in the false identity, in the proving that we are not good enough, that something's wrong with us, that we're bad, that we're unlovable, that we're unworthy, that to let it go means that we're absolutely, I mean, we are, we are going to have to reorient ourselves in the world. It is disorienting. And it is, it is challenging to find a new way of being in our relationships. It's being awake in the moment and making decisions in the moment and no longer going on autopilot. We start to become super aware of what are our motivations in each and every moment. So tuning out becomes something we just don't do anymore. Oh my goodness, it's time for me to go. A reminder that if you're interested in finding from freedom from fear, you can book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. Let's pray. I'm grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that we are. It's all we're ever going to be. We're grateful to let the past go and share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah!